This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Friday rally continues on Wall Street. A look at why more bosses want to know their employees' love language. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the Federal Reserve wants a soft landing for the economy, but it's been a bumpy ride as of late. Joining us now is David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Let's begin with the University of Michigan survey on consumer sentiment it fell to its lowest level in more than a decade back in 2011. And when it comes to consumer sentiment and inflation, is it really just a reflection of uh, people's attitudes towards gas prices? Well, that's where it begins. But unfortunately for the consumer, they face higher inflation everywhere, whether it's food or uh, gasoline or any other necessities. Uh, It's all a matter of Not only is inflation seriously high and staying high, but everybody's a little bit worried about whether or not our Federal Reserve can do something about it. We're really looking at a credibility issue with regard uh, to Federal Reserve policy. And as far as uh, Fed, the, the chair of the Fed is concerned, I mean, Jerome Powell obviously wants to come up with a policy uh, that will crush inflation that's kind of gone uh, from transitory to sticky over the past year. But as far as uh, he, he's also tr- kind of fighting for his uh, his position in history as well. I came across an anecdote uh, on social media a couple of days ago about how Arthur Burns, who was the chair of the Fed in the early 70s, uh, is kind of tagged as the guy who allowed inflation to go out of control over 40 years ago, and that Vockler is the guy who solved the problem. And uh, if you're Jay Powell, you don't want to be another Arthur Burns. Perfectly said. Um, It was Paul Volcker who solved the problem, and I think Chairman Powell would like to be another Paul Volcker, but um, what people are saying is you're no Paul Volcker, uh, at at least at this point. Uh, No one is quite sure how strong Powell is going to be in one area of the market. And in the other area of the market, people worry that he might do too much in terms of raising interest rates to fight inflation and give us a recession instead of a soft landing. So it all comes down to credibility. What we've heard from the Fed chairman, as well as several other policymakers, though, is that the Fed is currently set on a course in which they're going to raise interest rates at the next two policy meetings by a half a percentage point or 50 basis points, as we have said frequently, and they're going to stick to that policy. Um, and, And at least for the moment, that gives the market some hope that they have a sense of where the Fed's going, at least over the near term. David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado.
and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, why it's a good idea to share your love language with your boss. Yeah, try that out in the corner office. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. What's your love language? No, we're not trying to pick you up, but your boss may want to know. Apparently, they're increasingly using love languages to show workers how much they appreciate them. Joining us now is Rick Cobb, founder of workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. It does seem kind of like an idea that's out of left field, but one thing that we have talked about in the past, especially in this period of the the great resignation and uh, a great deal of pressure in the job market if they don't have money to spend on you to uh, you know give you a nice substantial raise to keep you there are other ways to make you feel satisfied in your job and finding your love language is one of them <laughs> it's well the love language part of it probably skews this in a way that's not fair but it the common sense of human behavior is we want to be part of something. We're social animals. We want to be part of something. We want to feel like we're making a contribution. That's true about anything, whether it's a sports team, uh, a charity event, you name it. And that's no different for business. So without going too deep into it, you know, we spent the 80s reorganizing companies and flattening them out, and getting rid of layers of management. And then in about 2002, 2003, when we had the tech boom, all of a sudden companies realized, I need these smart technology people who know how to do coding and I don't know who they are and they want, you know, hibachi in their cube or they want a futon or they want to bring their dog to work and they were cutting deals, but it didn't bleed out into the rest of the business world. And now what's happened is companies are beginning to recognize, and it's not a new thing that if you take care of people, if you recognize and and develop them and allow them to feel like they're part of something, they work harder. And that's just the way we operate as people. And, and some of these ideas, I, a cynic would say, you know, they're, they're mocked all the time on TV shows like The Office or in movies like Office Space. I mean, you can see a Lumberg or a Michael Scott uh, offering customized candles, uh, quarterly days off, uh, chocolates, food trucks, an employee of the month plaque, uh, free, you know, a, a better parking space. Uh, these ideas are made fun of sometimes in, in comedy movies and in sitcoms, but they have real currency with real people. Sure they do. And and it's a little bit off target. We make fun of it because we exaggerate. I mean, there's truth and humor, right? So we, we look for the funny part of that. But if you target it a little bit more, it doesn't cost you that much. You know, if, if I get a raise uh, or a bonus, that's a transactional deal. I earned that money. It's mine. You didn't give it to me. I, I earned it. Now, whether that's true or not is immaterial. That's how I view it. If instead... Uh, you give me because of whatever my hobby is, you know, you give me uh, a great set of golf clubs I'd never buy for myself, or I get an experience. I get a chance to go to a, a special uh, business meeting and present. Now I'm part of something and I'm getting something that, that isn't cash and I don't forget it. And, and that's the, that's the value of what we're talking about is, is recognizing how people work, what motivates them, are they motivated, which many companies don't even know if they are or not, and then helping those people stay engaged in the work and develop. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, Rosé Day is back. We'll check in with the owner of Bottles and Cans in Chicago. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. 
Rosé Day with local retailer Bottles and Cans returns after a pandemic hiatus. Joining us now is Carly Katz, owner of Bottles and Cans based in Chicago. Two locations, Edgebrook and on Lincoln Avenue in the North Center neighborhood. Carly, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You know, I was uh, remarking to one of my colleagues that uh, tonight, with uh, temperatures cooling off and humidity disappearing, would be a great evening to uh, unwind with an adult beverage on the patio uh it just it just seems like that kind of a friday night you know what i mean and uh ha- have you noticed uh, inside your both of your locations uh has the uh the, the 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 selections that people are buying kind of switched over to a summer mode lighter drinks and 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 things that you would enjoy outside uh 100 uh everyone has essentially shedded that the the heavy clothes the heavy beer and now everyone is wanting light seltzers are super popular ciders are super popular uh light beer um it's kind of lovely and refreshing to hear someone come in to ask about lagers um once again but yeah that's Definitely patio drinking. Yeah, uh, Porter and Cabernet season uh, is over until uh, October at the very least. Um, yeah. we, we've, we've switched back into uh, socially drinking once again. People are doing things together. Uh, there are more events involving the general public. Uh, in that case, you know, how has your business been shifting from uh, two years ago when people were doing things inside to uh, once again going out and partying like it's 2019? Uh, every, again, everyone's just ready. Like it's, it's fun to see how excited people are to just be like out again, like in just the basic things, just sitting on a patio, going to a street fest, like the things that we've kind of weirdly took for granted. And now everyone's just like, when is this happening? What's going on? How do I, how do I do this? So it's it's wonderful to see it. People and, are ready. And part of that uh, transition uh, back to the way things used to be is uh, May 22nd uh, at Artifact Events on 4300 mm-hmm. North Ravenswood. Uh, it's yep. Rosé Day. It's it's returning after a pandemic hiatus. And first off, you know, my first uh, and most important question to you about Rosé Day, and that is, uh, can you do rosé all day? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, in the most aggressive way, probably. Uh, I think I'm probably one of the uh, standing members of the Rosé fan club, but it's, yeah, that's why we do it is because I kind of wanted to do it and it's a good way for everyone else to try to sample in everything. And what is Rosé Day all about outside of the obvious? So, yeah. So what it is, is we essentially set up 40 plus uh, Rosés for sampling, you're going to have your salespeople there. You're going to have some winery members there, um, all to kind of give you a better idea. Because rosé is no longer the boxed white Zinfandel that I think a lot of people think it is. It's it's coming from everywhere now, uh, but it's it's bubbles. It's still it's it's you know almost transitioning into orange wines as well. Um, but you're going to get educated. You're going to be able to figure out what ones you like and dislike. Uh, it's kind of also a don't judge a rosé by its color theory uh, so that people can learn a little bit more about that. Uh, but the fun part of rosé day is you're also going to get like this really sweet um, rosé like gift bag from all of us. Uh, you get a discount on any pre-orders that you do. And this year, which is a completely new thing that we're doing, is we've invited in Chicago vendors. So people outside of our industry, um, we have some of the cutest little, like, kit shops coming in, selling their merchandise. And then we're also going to have a food truck this year. 
Carly Katz, the owner of Bottles and Cans in Chicago, two locations, Edgebrook and in the North Center neighborhood. Thanks for joining us and telling us all about Rosé Day coming up uh, Sunday, May 22nd at Artifact Events, 4325 North Ravenswood on the north side of Chicago. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio. WBBM Governor Pritzker signs a new law to curtail organized retail thefts and burglaries. A WNBA star makes her first public appearance in a Russian courtroom. And it's Entrepreneur Friday, a local business with a rise up philosophy in a time of crisis. And the next time you get food delivery, it may be a robot at your door. WBBM Business, the market's are higher. The Dow is up 367 points. The NASDAQ is up 423. The S&P 500 is up 88. And AccuWeather says mostly sunny and hot today, a high of 90. Cooler by the lakefront, 85 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, Governor Pritzker has signed the retail crime bill into law today, making organized retail thefts and burglaries felonies and targeting the organizers. Attorney General Kwame Raoul said organized retail theft can often be mistaken for regular shoplifting, but it is potentially far more dangerous than that. Very brazen, violent acts, not necessarily in urban areas like we've seen in uh, on, on North Michigan Avenue or at the Oak Brook Center, but in rural areas at big box stores and smaller mom and pa stores. The bill gives police more power to share information. WNBA star Brittany Griner's pre-trial detention in Russia has been extended. Her lawyer tells the AP Griner's detention has been extended by a month, a relatively short extension, which makes him believe her case will come to trial soon. Griner was detained at a Moscow airport in February after vape cartridges with oil derived from cannabis were allegedly found in her bags that could carry a maximum 10-year prison sentence. The Biden administration says the two-time Olympic gold medalist is being wrongfully detained, but there's been no visible progress in efforts to free her. Sagar Magani, Washington. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are surging higher today. Joining us with the latest in what's moving Wall Street is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Jim, thanks for joining us once again. Since we spoke a little over two hours ago, the uh, traders have backed off the accelerator just a little bit uh, with this uh, rally at the end of a long losing streak. Are there any signs that uh, stocks could uh, dip into the red between now and 3 o'clock Central Time? Well, that would be disappointing. Uh, if, 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 it, if that did happen, uh, that, would, that would say that uh, there's a possibility of making a new low on the markets. But the consensus, as we sit here right now, is that uh, you're getting a short-covering technical rally that has the potential to take the S&P at most to 4,200 from roughly 4,000 where it is. 
but that it can't go materially beyond that with the uncertainty uncertainties we face in terms of the number and magnitude of rate increases and what it's going to mean for the economy. So the best case is you go to 4,200 and stay there. The more likely case is that uh, uh, you'll, you'll stay at this level or, or limp a little bit higher, and then we'll continue to work our way through the interest rate and uh, the interest rate inflation issues, which are far from resolved. Uh, there are some people who have been around the stock market. They've been around the block a couple of times, but there is also an entire basically an entire generation of investors and traders who don't know anything other than a zero or near zero interest rate environment. I mean, even going back to 2001, uh, you've only had uh, two times in the last two decades where interest rates have been above nothing. And uh, this sounds like, you know, what's going on here is it's a time of transition. And for a lot of younger traders, you know, people who may be in their 30s and 40s and younger investors as well, uh, this is a time to go to school. Well, it's, it's going to be a maturing experience for them. But, you know, it's interesting. It doesn't seem that they've learned the lesson yet. In spite of the mass devastation, uh, you see when, when the so-called meme stocks uh, uh, ha- uh, rally, they rush right back in. Uh, the ARC fund, which is down 70 percent uh, from its high, uh, whenever there's a rally, they, they buy more. So I think they have more to learn. Uh, so far, uh, the recent history is by the dips, and I think they're still thinking that way in spite of the devastation that you've uh, had this year. So they have more to learn. And you have also have a lot of uh, tech stocks that were just uh, high-flying. Uh, the air is coming out of those particular balloons, either uh, slowly or suddenly. Yes, those and the SPACs and, and, and uh, all the areas of speculation, again, the crypto uh, the the, the, the uh, uh, balloon is being deflated one by one, which is a natural result of what happened in uh, last year with zero cost money and fiscal stimulus that put uh, too much money in the system. And uh, the economy didn't need it, so it found its way into the financial markets. So it all makes sense that the overvaluation that you created ultimately gets corrected, and that's what we're in the process of doing. And then you have some high-flying pandemic darlings that have come crashing back to Earth. Yeah, well, the world has changed. Uh, Now, the pandemic is not over, but we're getting a reprieve probably through the fall, and we'll see what happens in the fall. The Biden administration is calling for 100 million new infections, so they may get a a second life, but you're certainly not going to get back to where we were in uh, 2020. So those stocks got overvalued. Uh, Many of them, uh, the business models were, 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 were not sound. Some of them will recover, and some of them won't. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, we meet a man who's brought low country cuisine to Chicago's dining scene. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Low Country, the local eatery that invites customers to create their own seafood boil, has a business philosophy of rise up in times of crisis. Joining us now is Pan Humplum, who is the owner of Low Country with locations uh, uh, three in Chicago and one in Milwaukee. Pan, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You know what? I was going to say, on a, a day like today, you kind of feel like you're uh, walking around the uh, the streets of Charlotte. It's a low country seafood <laughs> boil kind of day. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, come celebrate with us tonight. <laughs> well, what, what what was the start of your love affair with this particular type of cooking? You know, the the shrimp, the sausage, the the red potatoes, the corn on the cob, the Old Bay seasoning. You know, when did you fall in love? My fondest memories growing up was with my family just traveling to um, New Orleans every summer. We would spend every summer there. My fondest memories is eating at a picnic table with, um, you know, crawfish, shrimp, in a bag with our hands. And that was just amazing memories. And and, and then you, uh, what was the point where you tried to uh, turn nostalgia into a business? Well, it started from just um, my wife and I would do backyard boils for our friends and family, like every summer. And it was always so much fun. We'd look around, everyone's having a good time, enjoying themselves, enjoying the food. And we looked at each other and like, hey, maybe this is a restaurant concept. And that's like, we just went for it. And you know, what is it about, uh, you know, not only just uh, uh, low country style cooking, but just Southern cooking in general that kind of uh, encourages that type of communal experience, whether it's a country boil or barbecue or fried chicken, it really encourages people to get together. Well, you know, the origins of, of the low country boil um, was from South Carolina, and it started out you know, in a, as a communal activity where everyone came out, friends and family, the neighbor, neighbors all came out and, time, you know, and just ate together and bonded together. So, the you know, and when we, we would cook seafood boil, normally it's never, you know, you cook for yourself because it's, it's so much work and so much, you know, it's, it's always, when you do a seafood boil, it's always going to be with for family and friends because it's such a intensive thing. Um, so the origin of that food is always meant with community in mind. And you, you, it seems like, do you, you, do you occupy a rather uh, unique lane as far as Southern cuisine in Chicago? Because there are several uh, fried chicken places and hot chicken places, and there are lots of uh, barbecue spots around town that bring that, you know, that authentic, you know, Texas-style uh, barbecue into the city of Chicago. But uh, it, it, do, to the best of your knowledge, I mean, is this like, are you, are you rather unique? Well, um, we're pretty unique. Um, especially in 2015 when we first opened. But now, I mean, you know, because of our success, you know, um, there's quite a few other competitors that have popped up, whether it's in the suburbs or even in the city. But, um, you know, we love it. I'm glad that, you know, Chicago has embraced, embraced the cuisine and the way of eating, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to see that happen. The uh, first place opened in Lakeview in 2015. You opened a South Loop location in 2018, and then two more locations in 2021, one in Milwaukee in Wisconsin and uh, right. one in Chinatown. Uh, what was it like opening two new locations uh, coming out of this pandemic that hit the restaurant industry especially hard? It was interesting times indeed. Um, just, you know, just there, there's challenges that we didn't know we were facing. But um, it also taught us about, you know, our, our customers and what they liked and what they enjoyed. Um, with the pandemic, we had to fine-tune the menu. Um, you know, like, normally we had combos meant to, to share with entire families for four people, for three people, you know. And we, we, we fine-tuned our menus um, to focus our combos to the individual diner because in the, during the pandemic, no one wants to share their food. Um, that's what we realized. So we had to change our combos. We fine-tune our menu, keeping the best items, the best-selling items, and, you know, and just kind of, like, made our business itself stronger. And, you know, we had to self-reflect 
And, you know, I think from that experience, from that learning, we were able to, like, you know, develop a stronger concept that resonates better with our customers. Pan Homplum, owner of Low Country in Chicago, three locations in the city and one in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Uber is starting to test the use of food delivery robots. Joining us now with the details is Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor of the Today Show, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thanks for joining us today. And uh, if you're planning on flying out to West Hollywood, California in the not-too-distant future, you can actually see these Uber delivery robots in action. They look like rolling coolers with eyes. That's right. It's like it's like uh, walking the dog, but no worries about, you know, cleanup, if you know what I'm saying. So right. basically, and it's everywhere. It's, it's really actually interesting because the Uber's testing it out um, in part because of, I mean, it always comes back to the bottom line. Uber is getting in terms of revenue is getting about as much out of Uber Eats as it is out of its uh, its drivers uh, service. So in other words, about two and a half billion dollars, about half of that is coming from those Uber Eats orders. However, now they're trying to automate it with robots on the sidewalk in Los Angeles. I've seen versions of this before, even a number of years ago on the Intuit campus in uh, Mountain View, California, there are already robots going around from one office to another, but those are fixed points. And so obviously somebody ordering food is could be ordering from anywhere, and that's what Uber Eats is intending to serve. And uh, what's the range on these uh, delivery robots? It sounds like you have to be pretty close to the restaurant for them to actually work. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, the, the Right now, I mean, it, it's going to depend on every single robot's going to and every single effort's going to be different, but it's going to be at right now within a mile or two. In other words, they're looking at those things because they can predict uh, behavior over that period of time and over that distance. But remember that it's not just robots. It's also automated vehicles that are part of this trend. Um, automated vehicles, part of the, uh, the Uber Eats uh, effort, meaning vehicles will show up uh, at your door uh, with, and they've already tested this on, on a number of campuses around the country and other places, and it's working quite well, but the, uh, dri- the uh, receiver will have a, a, basically an option as to how to open this driverless vehicle to get their food and so forth. So it's, it's going to be automated everywhere is really the short answer. Now, what's going to stop a, a near-do-well or a no-good-nick from uh, knocking over the uh, rolling Uber cooler and uh, disrupting the food delivery? Well, in in the near term, we're going to have to depend on goodwill, of course, in the long term. But in the near term, these robots are going to be monitored by uh, walkers, basically. And the uh, driverless vehicles will have they will have no driver, but they will have a human monitor in the vehicle to sort of test how it's all working. To your point, uh, at a certain point, maybe we're all going to get used to it like that. And so therefore, leave it alone. Uh, and, And it may not be, but they're testing that out right now. It's a great question. And that's actually foremost in their mind. And then very quickly, uh, how hard has the great resignation uh, hit Uber? I mean, in the before time, Uber was a great way to make some extra money if you weren't getting hours or uh, weren't satisfied with your pay at some other place. But it would seem that now a lot of Uber drivers have a lot of options available to them. Short answer, it's been hit very hard. Uh, Uber estimates up to 20% of their drivers have not come back, uh, if you sort of if you define leaving as during the pandemic. And that's obviously hit them very hard. They're trying to um, you know, help that returning improve by boosting prices. Many people who have been in Ubers lately have seen the prices have gone up and certainly are not necessarily much more competitive than taxis. But the point is that until they have other services that are making profits, this uh, great abandonment has dramatically impacted them. So that's, this is one of the efforts to counteract that. 
Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media, former tech editor for the Today Show. Thanks for joining us. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.